Eagle looking great. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Anthony. And my name is Chris. Here on the Sci-Fi Wise Guys, we watch and review science fiction and science fiction adjacent movies, television shows, short films, YouTube originals, distribute originals, uh, visual entertainment media, and sometimes we'll talk about video games, books, and things that have nothing to do with science fiction. Nice, nice. Did How's you that read intro? that? No. <laughs> oh, nice. That was good. It I was. I mean, it was almost perfect, except for whatever you were playing with on your uh, like keyboard or whatever at the beginning. So that's going to be fun to edit. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I'm uh, the audience can't tell if they care or not. I'm actually uh, using the stand part of my sit stand desk. I've uh, been experiencing a, a certain amount of back pain, and when I mm-hmm. did my quick Google foo, one of the things it recommended for that particular pain was to stand. Well, I've got a sit stand desk, so it's interesting. I like that you call it a sit stand desk because most people, including myself, call it a standing desk. Mm. But yeah. I would venture a guess that most people sit at their standing desks <laughs> for my exposure to them. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, because you, you can use both, right? So that's why sit stand, why not? Sometimes you should ask Kat about her standing desk. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, lack, lack <laughs> of standing not. on it or not. Awesome. <laughs> we are here to talk about a newish, a newer Prime Video original. But did you watch any of the trailers from Star Trek Day? I didn't watch any of the trailers. I did see that there's going to be a prequel to The Wrath of Khan in the in the very first, I don't want to say the very first, um, long form. Um, it's the first? Well, at least the first in the Star Trek universe. Maybe not yeah. the first. Oh, overall. yeah, yeah, yeah. The first four Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, long form spoken word podcast, which I think is pretty neat. Yeah. I think they were calling it a, like a scripted show. Yeah, scripted. scripted podcast. Yes. I would just call that a radio show, but I'm old. Well, it's not radio because it's not broadcasting. Yeah, it's also not an iPod. It's on my <laughs> Android phone. So why is it still called a podcast? That's fair enough. I'm just why saying. is it called a movie if no one's moving They're, in the this, movie? The the pictures are literally moving, which is why they call it the movies. <laughs> why is it called a film if we only watch it on digital? That's true. That's true. Uh, bits. One of my and bytes and frames. My one of my favorite old like old terms that aren't used anymore are talkies. For when movies first uh, were able to record sound and people could talk on them, they called them yeah, talkies, yeah, yeah. which sounds stupid. And then you realize that we've been still calling it the movies <laughs> for well over 100 years. The, yeah, it's pretty good. The very first time I ever heard the phrase talkie used in context was this little movie came out in the 90s called First Wives Club. Mm. It's not important that I've seen it. It's not important that I know what it's called. What is important, there's a scene in it where like Bette Midler has one of Goldie Hawn's movie awards. And she's like, hey, that's a Golden Globe. And Bette Midler says, I know, it was your first talkie. And I turned to my mother and I was like, what's a talkie? She's like, oh, it's a movie where people, people. talk. Yeah. And, she, and I, I was very confused. And then she was like, well, I don't know if you remember, but I've shown you silent films before. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So back to Star Trek. Yeah. So yeah. they're doing the, uh, the Wrath of Khan kind of prequel. Apparently that was originally going to be, it was a TV show. I, I'm distracted. What are you trying to show me here? A Topa Chico Ranch Water Hard Seltzer. That's like a series of things that sounds horrible. It's not. You great. got a seltzer, <laughs> ranch water. Topa well, ranch Chico. water is just supposed to be vodka, carbonated water, and usually some form of chili spice. Yeah, like I've I said, all it. of it sounds horrible. Yeah. Anyways, <sighs> so yes, it was originally a, a television show pitch. It didn't make it that far, um, but he, the original director or what have you of Wrath of Khan, is redoing it into a a scripted podcast. 
That's pretty cool. Slash radio show. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, other than that, we did get trailers for every series, but Discovery, I guess. Discovery got a, a sneak peek, like behind the scenes tour of the sets for season five, but not an actual season five trailer. Picard got an actual trailer. Prodigy, Lower Decks, and Strange New Worlds got like scenes. Like they showed a, like a sneak peek scene, you know? So not a real trailer. But yeah, it was interesting. There was a bunch of other stuff there, but nothing, I don't think anything groundbreaking. Your boy is going to be in Star Trek Online. Yeah, I heard. I saw a picture of the Titan. Yeah, we can, after, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, it's not the worst design for a starship in Star Trek. I don't know why they didn't just use the Nova class design and put it in live action like they're using in Lower Decks and they got to go with the Titan A. I believe... I didn't. I heard people talking about it, or saw people talking about it. So I didn't read the actual release, but it's supposedly it's a Neo Constitution class. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. It means it looks like the Constitution. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, I'd like to talk about the thing that I discovered today, mm. if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. Uh, Disney uh, Disney Plus Day apparently oh. new uh, National Treasure movie. What Pretty without cool. the cage? Uh, I'm just looking at the poster, and it it does not have Nick Cage. I'm not sure who this is, but there's going to be a show. It's a show or a movie? It's a show. I might have said movie. I meant to say show. I'm looking it up. National Treasure, Edge of History. Action Adventure Television Series. On the Edge of History. I'm looking at the list. I mean, like I can look at the first three names in the cast, and none of them are Nicolas Cage, so I'm assuming he's not going to show up in the bottom half. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Let's go. Yep. And a bunch of young people I don't know. Oh, uh, Justin Bartha, who played his sidekick, is going to be there. Oh, that's pretty neat. So he'll that's be awesome. there reprising his role. So yeah, uh, yeah. I guess that. Uh, I guess they were just like, "Don't worry about it, Cage. We got this." Hmm. <laughs> or maybe he's going to like just make an unannounced cameo. Yeah, he'll have a cameo appearance, like cast on the pass on the torch. He's been pretty vocal about not wanting to do another National Treasure. So fair enough. Uh, regardless of those being his best films or not. Well, they're not. But s- speaking <laughs> of what I think is a national treasure. Yeah. We watched something. <laughs> yes, we watched the 2022 American superhero film directed by Julius Avery. Oh, and written by Bragi F. Shoot, Samaritan. Shut? Shoot. Shut? S-C-H-U-T. That's a good Sh- name. Shoot. Pronunciation. Shut. Yeah. How's it right. pronounced? Scut. Oh, wow. We were both wrong. Scut. S-K-U-T-T. Interesting. Hold on, we watched the 2022 American superhero film directed by Julius Avery and written by Bragi F. Scut Samaritan. To blurb you real quick, because... Uh, shut. Shut? Did I say it wrong again? No, 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 no. I just... I finally listened to the pronunciation and shut. Oh, am I going to have to do Sorry. that intro again? No, no, that's fine. No, okay, good. To blurb... IMDb says, a young boy learns that a superhero who was thought to have gone missing after an epic battle 20 years ago may in fact still be around. Like, why do they use the word around and not alive? (laughs) Thought to have gone missing. Like, this is like a very PG blurb. Like, they didn't use the term thought because he was thought to have died. I've got the Amazon Prime video blurb. Yes. 13-year-old Sam Cleary, Javon Wana Walton, suspects that his mysteriously reclusive neighbor, Mr. Smith, Sylvester Stallone, is actually the legendary vigilante Samaritan who was reported dead 25 years ago with crime on the rise in the city on the brink of chaos. Sam makes it his mission to coax his neighbor out of hiding to save the city from ruin. I just want to 
stop here for a second, <clears throat> please. Javon Wana Walton. Yeah. It sounds like something that a Twi'lek would say to Jabba the Hutt. Javon Wana Walton. Are you making like, fun of the 13-year-old actor? No, I'm not and making fun the of the name 13 year old actor. parents gave him. <laughs> I'm making wow. fun of the fact that his name sounds like something I would hear in a Star Wars game. Say it again. Or Star Wars show. Javon Wana Walton. <laughs> yeah, you're not. Look, you're wrong, but you're also you're also not wrong. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. good. Uh, let's get some facts out the way. On IMDb, this thing is sitting at a 5.8 out of 10 with uh, 28,000 ratings. It's got a median score of six, pretty solid at 25.9% of the votes, 18.1 out of seven, 18.7 out of five. So IMDb has this right just above average. Rotten Tomatoes, 40% rotten on the tomato meter with 105 reviews, 75% audience score. Uh, So a pretty, I mean, I want to say a pretty big difference, but a pretty normal difference uh, between the tomato meter and the audience score. Uh, The critics' consensus says... Although Samaritan is better than it could have been, this Stallone-led superhero drama is creatively underpowered. Okay. Metacritic has got a meta score of 45, a user score of 6.0, higher than I was anticipating, actually, uh, compared to everything else. And then lastly, on Letterboxd, it is sitting at 2.4 out of 5 stars. 73% of Google users like this movie. 73%. So I think it's safe to say that this movie is generally well-received, kind of mixed reviews, I suppose. Spoiler alerts for my my opinion a minute. I think it might have a bit of a, a mixed identity and, and doesn't quite know, the audience doesn't know quite how to react. But I mean, the the 75% on Rotten Tomatoes and the average, average score of six or median score of six on IMDb go a long way. I mean, 6.1 on Metacritic is pretty high for a user score. I mean, yeah, it is. Metacritic is usually the toughest one. I'm actually kind of impressed. Yeah. You know, this just came out as well. So it's uh, been out for two weeks as of today, as of the August day of recording. Yep. So it's got plenty of time for it to settle into its, uh, you know, all the reviews to come in and everyone to have seen it. So this is uh, not when we usually review something that's brand new and all of these ratings mean nothing because there's not enough reviews out there. This was something that I discovered. And I suggested, so I'm going to take a back seat and let you let us know what your thoughts, opinions, your initial impressions were. I'm going to preface this with, uh, I'm being completely honest. I knew exactly who Joe Smith was in the yeah. first 10 minutes of this movie. Like, I really did. Like, I'm gonna, was, I said I was going to take a back seat, now I'm going to interrupt you. It yeah. took you more than 10 seconds? No, no, no I mean, like, from the, from the moment the movie started yes. to when I realized who he was, I was like, okay, cool. I don't want to... All right, spoiler alert. Spoilers, three, two, one, go. In the intro, kind of comic book looky scene, the kid is narrating, Joanna, whatever. He says, there were twins. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And they spend the whole movie going, but what if, what if Samaritan survived? And no one in the whole movie was like, what if the other guy survived instead? Like no, because like, they all everyone's just making leaps of logic. I'm sorry, yeah. the, you said ten minutes, and I was like, please, it didn't no, take you that long. I, mean, I know no, it I mean, didn't. No, seriously, it, like about ten minutes. Oh, really? Okay, okay. I'm being sorry, serious. I'll, I'm back in my. I'll take my back seat again. I'm That's sorry. That's fine. I think the this movie does a lot of things really well. It's been a while since I've seen a movie or even a show where it has like the lead is so undercover that like it actually takes me out of the immersion of the movie. 
You know what I mean? Like, of course we know that Sylvester Stallone is this superpowered person. It's called Samaritan. Yeah. Look at the movie poster. It's yeah. right there, right? Not to mention the trailer gives away the goat. Yeah. Sure, sure. I think the biggest problem with this movie is it's, I, I mean, he's, he's just too old. Like, it really is. He's too old to be a guy who was a vigilante 25 years ago. But that's not the point. What I really liked about this movie, I think it was shot pretty well. I think it was acted fairly well. There's a lot of actors in here that have done some pretty interesting things. Pilu Aspek is a Danish actor. He played the character of Cyrus. Mm. Famously played, what's his name, on Game of Thrones. It's not important who he was on Game of Thrones. Euron Greyjoy. Ironically, he looked more like a crazy Viking pirate in this movie than he did in all <laughs> of Game of Thrones. I want to shout out that. Thanks, D&D. I think Wana Walton does a pretty good job. I don't know how old he is, but I mean, he does all right. You know, Sly is Sly. I really liked Sill's character, um, Reza Moises Arias, I thought was really interesting. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in Ender's Game. He's also in Nacho Libre. Like, he's done a bunch of stuff. He's really great. I like him. For the most part, I mean, a lot of these other actors are kind of just kind of, eh. Uh, oh, a shout out to Jace, played by Abraham Clinkscales, who, <laughs> uh, I mean... If there was ever a character who should be a dwarf, it's Abraham Klingscales. I mean, just oh, with the name for Klingscales. Sure. In terms of just pure superhero or superpowered person or comic book or whatever, I think what Samaritan does right as a movie is it really shows us the other side. It's all cool when Tony Stark is flying through New York City, blasting aliens, saving the galaxy, whatever. Who cares whatever Tony Stark's doing? <laughs> But the thing about him and Batman is they're just kind of like, uh, they're just capitalists continuing the cycle, right? All they sure. do is they they save the rich people. Oh, no, the president's been captured. Cool. That's nice, I guess. I saw Steven Seagal save the president. No, that was the vice president. Never mind. <laughs> Doesn't count. But what some, the, this movie Samaritan shows us is the underbelly, the other side, and the, disenfranchi the disenfranchisement of people who aren't in the good graces of society. I've mentioned it before. We've talked about it often. Is a villain really a villain, right? The, the best villains are heroes in their own stories. You know, Snow White, um, or not Snow White, um, what's her face? Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty is a perfect example. Maleficent is this witch of the wilds whose lands are being stolen by these humans. And then she makes a deal with the king and the king backs out on her. Uh, and like pretty much screws her over. Uh, and she's like, cool, I'm going to steal your kid, right? And everyone's like, oh that's, no, Maleficent's evil. But it's, it's a bit like, of an escalation, let's be honest. But hey, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. What's the, what's the difference between your land and your daughter, right? Wow, that, that was the most capitalist thing I've ever no, no, heard no, you no, say. No, 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 no. Kings oh, and kings. queens sure. have married off their children for thousands for of years. Yeah, yeah like yeah. for cows. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what an apt day to talk about yeah, that. All right. No shite. But I really I really enjoyed the look, like the broken mirror, I think is what you could call it, mm -hmm. where you see all these people that might have had potential, but for one reason or another, now they're stuck in this, this ghetto, this broken down part of Granite City, which looks suspiciously like Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> Suspic yes, very suspicious. <laughs> suspicious. Quite suspicious, I might add. Yes. Uh, I, I, I really enjoyed Samaritan's like powers, or I guess I should say Nemesis. We already spoiled it for you. Well, they have the same powers. It works. Right, right. They've got super strength, super endurance. 
appear to have um, a super constitution. He's resistant to bullets, which is probably the most valuable superpower that there is. <laughs> you think so? Do you remember when we were talking about Code Eight? We we're like, how do you, how do you find out that you're <laughs> bulletproof? <laughs> that you're yeah. immune to bullets? Very badly. Uh, like very yeah. like something bad happened. Like that's the thing. Like being immune to bullets would would not be a superpower I choose because you know how many times I've been shot at. Zero times. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. that's what but I'm saying. Like, I guess when, if you're going to get shot at on the regular, then yeah, yeah, immunity to bullets sounds great. When you find out that you can defeat bullets just by standing there. I guess we found their weakness. <laughs> bullets. bullets. <laughs> no, I um, like in the fact that uh, they even address the whole like his body healing the the way the cells metabolize and it causes yeah. him to get really, like really hot. I think that was really that. cool. What I didn't know about this movie was in fact that the script apparently was written a long time ago. It was a spec script from like 2019 or something mm-hmm. like that. And then what they all while they were ma- trying to make this movie, they were like, hey, let's turn this into a comic um, or a graphic novel. And so those exist. I've never read them. Anyone who has read them, tell us if they're any good or not. I like this movie. Is it a 5.8? Probably no. I'm splitting hairs, but I think this thing's like a six, six point one. I don't think it's a five. Like putting a five next to something on the on the scale to ten, just there's a certain connotation there that I don't want to give this movie. It's too well acted. It's too well shot. The props are great. It's like, hey man, let's take these cars from the '80s and paint them matte black, and now they're gangster yeah, cars. Straight up, great. They looked great as I a villain. Them. As a villain, I think Cyrus is probably pretty high up there. I enjoyed the scene with the cop. Like he's, he's like, all right, cool, man, I'll let you go. And then like whispers to Syl, like, always give him hope. And <laughs> it shoots this dude in the back. I was like, Ate! Yeah, I was like, is he really letting him go? That's not very gangster of him. Like that's, yeah. hmm, interesting. Oh, 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 oh. He's going to let him bleed out 30 feet away. Yeah. But uh, how about you? So I, I think that this film's biggest flaw is that it's rated PG-13. I think if they had dialed it back 4% and, and released a PG-rated movie, there's nothing about this movie that is not made for kids. Now, and I also know that PG-13 in 2022 means something very different than it did when I was 13. Everything just kind of gets PG-13. Like They just put in just enough violence to get to PG-13. And that, that's what this feels like. I feel like there, there's just one or two curse words and just a little bit of blood, and suddenly they're PG-13. As a PG film, I feel like this is a solid six and a half, seven. Like it's made, like something made for kids, like a superhero kind of comic book movie made for children. This would have been great. And then that kind of goes back to my my argument about who's the audience, that that type of thing. Like as it's marketed as any other action flick that's showing up in Prime Video, right? Not necessarily to go up against a Marvel movie or or something like that, but it's marketed as any generic action movie right next to Chris Pratt films. But it's not. It's it's meant to be. I mean, it's for kids. This movie is for 12 and 13-year-old boys and girls. Like, that's, that's the impression I get. With the simplicity of the plot, they ask some questions. The bad guys try to, you know, well, oh, no, we root for the bad guy because he fought for us. And it gives you like this little twinge of, oh, maybe they're going to be more than two-dimensional. And then 10, 20 minutes later, he's shooting somebody who's betrayed him, right? So he's not yeah. really. He's, it's all lip service. I think I, I agree that it should be a higher rating, but I also agree that maybe it should have been like actually marketed towards the demographic that it was obviously shooting for. 
And like I said, like 10 seconds in, they go, oh, the two were twins and they supposedly died. And like, oh, well, the wrong twin is the one, the one one twin is the one that's going to come back, right? Like I paused the movie. I was watching this with a couple of friends and I paused the movie and said, hey, uh, Sylvester Sloan is nemesis, not Samaritan. And Josh looked at me. He's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. There's no way. It's not guaranteed. And then I was just waiting. I was just waiting. I knew it was coming. And he's like, you keep calling me the good guy. Yeah. <laughs> what if I'm the bad guy? And then he hits him with the hammer. And I was like, see, guys? Yeah, Called it. I, 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 like, I think the moment I realized is when he, like, this is going to sound stupid, when he pulls the radio out of the dumpster. Because mm. he's a garbage man. Right. Which is the second movie I think I've seen where a garbage man is a vigilante. But that's not the point. Minute Work, Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen, like 1992. Yeah. He pulls the radio out. And then it, I remembered when they talked about like Nemesis crafted a hammer that was so oh. strong it could defeat Samaritan. I was like, well, I mean, it's obvious that this guy is some sort of, you know, mechanical genius or whatever. And then like I had my suspicions. And then it goes on to like show him fixing it. The very first time, like I think Sam is like, uh, he he's like, yeah, man, you're you're Samaritan, and he's like, no, I'm not. It's like, yeah, yeah. he straight tells him no yeah, multiple times. Yeah, he keeps I'm telling not. him he's not. He yeah. never says you're right. He just gives up and stops arguing. Yeah. As far as the acting, I thought it was good. It's Sylvester Stallone, seventy six. Yeah, so that would have, like, if we were going to give his real age to his character, that would have made him 50 in the flashbacks. Not quite. It just it didn't, didn't quite work. Javon Wana Walton is in Umbrella Academy, but the mm-hmm. season that we I haven't seen yet. So he's, he, yep. he came this close to being Sci-Fi Wise Guys alumni. This close. Double up. He's 15 years old right now. So, you know, whenever he filmed it, 14 at the, the latest. So not a bad first movie for me to have seen him in not upset about it at all uh his other credits are all let's see umbrella academy euphoria utopia in 2020 and then the adams family too he paid he did some voice acting so okay cool so he's very new on the scene but he hey he got to act opposite i mean he was in umbrella academy i think one of the best shows (laughs) on netflix and then he got to act opposite sylvester stallone yeah as far as sylvester stallone goes I think the most impressive, uh, anyone who's listened to the podcast like regularly, not just haphazardly, but regularly, knows that Chris and I like Sylvester Sloan. We, we're, we're pretty big fans of, of Sly. We, we like his work. We pray at the altar of Stallone. The Italian stallion is that, anyways. The most impressive thing about Stallone's filmography and his career is that he hasn't been on our show yet. <laughs> That's the most impressive part. I swear, like I was looking, I was like, "Oh, Sylvester Stallone had to have made something that we reviewed." There's no way, but I looked back. There's, there's nothing there. There have been suggestions. I have, have there made been? suggestions for Sly Stallone. The problem is, is he's just not in a whole lot of things that you could consider science fiction. Yeah, sci-fi. Yeah, and so I mean, there's this like, Demolition I mean, there's Man. Obviously, yeah, there's obviously Demolition Man, which yeah. we can't really. I mean, which which we should. We, you know, screw it. I'm saying it. That's what we should do before the next time. Before the, our next pot anniversary, let's just do it. But yeah, I love that film so much. If you just look at his filmography, I'm just going to go ahead and give you all the different science fiction movies that I see. Okay, Guardians of the Galaxy three, yeah. Samaritan, The Suicide Squad. Oh, he was in The Suicide Squad. He was the voice of King Shark. Yep. But uh, that's it. <laughs> 
I'm Ratchet scrolling Clank. Back. He's a voice actor. Guardians of the Galaxy Two. There's just not a whole lot of stuff that you could consider science fiction. Uh, yeah, and I mean, so, Escape Plan is close, but not quite there. No, I, I wouldn't. I, I would wouldn't not, count it. No, I would not. Some voice that. acting. I'm I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Spy Kids Three. Game over. Uh, yeah. yeah, he he has not physically appeared in anything that's been on our Judge Dread. Obviously, that's science yeah. fiction. Yeah, but I mean that's old, 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 yeah. old, old, old stuff. Yeah, yeah, we don't usually go back that far. I'm just still looking. Ants is ants science fiction? I mean, <laughs> no. It's cartoon. Well, I guess yeah. if the the people did vote for Tom and Jerry to be science fiction, <laughs> but I'd call ants at least fantasy. Yeah. Oh my god! All right, yeah, no, that's but that's what I'm saying. Like maybe Death Race 2000. Like th- he's not in a lot of science fiction, but he's also not in a lot of B movies. He's dipped his toes here and there, especially with his own production company, Balboa Productions or whatever it's called. Like he's dipped his toes in. Like I would call the Escape Plan sequels B movies. But I mean, he made that, and then he immediately made Rambo: Last Blood. Yeah. So well, he's uh, for, for someone's career. Like even the biggest stars eventually fade you know what i mean like they sure they talk about all the time like the brightest stars burn twice as fast oh is that is that true i don't know we already talked about how he's 76 he's been acting since 1969 nice but he's always managed for the most part to have i don't want to say like a like an a-list career but like other than the escape plan movies there's not a whole lot of stuff in his filmography that's like really garbo i saw get carter and i saw driven and those aren't great, right? <laughs> he was also in a movie called Taxi 3. I don't know, it's some direct-to-video French movie. doesn't matter. But I mean, like, Spy Kids. Yeah, but that's... Rocky Balboa. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's always managed to make big movies. And he's managed to stay relevant for a career that's 50-plus years. I mean, he's definitely shifted into writing and producing pretty well. I mean, he's, he, I say he's shifted into writing. I mean, famously, he wrote and directed Rocky. Wrote, mm-hmm. directed, and starred in. And while that film has some problematic themes at times, it's a great film. Like, absolutely. Like, anyone who hasn't seen that film, no matter how old you are or young you are, it's a great film. There's a reason that he became such a big star after that movie, and it's held in such high regard. I don't care how you feel about boxing or sports films or whatever. But yes, we'll do Demolition Man. If we don't get to it, we'll do it the week before our three-year anniversary. Unless someone else can find some other Sylvester Stallone movie we should watch. Which you can't. So, so I think overall we're in, uh, we have an agreement. We're in one accord that, yeah, the movie's pretty good. It's fun. It's definitely not like an eight out of 10 or anything like that. Uh, but for 101 minutes minus credits, it's a fun afternoon flick, especially for the younger demographic. It is a little long. A I little know long. you I knew you were getting to that. It's a, it's a little, it's an hour, uh, hour 42. Yeah, hour 42. But it has like eight minutes of credits. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, nothing post credit or anything like that. As far as the director, the direction of this film, how did you feel? Like anything stick out to you? Good, bad, and different? Well, I think I've already touched on it a little bit. A little bit. What, the direction of this movie, and it could be part of it being the 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 whoever wrote the script, mm-hmm. which was Broggy F. Shut. Shut. But Julius Avery directed this. Julius Avery, who has not appeared on the podcast, but we've talked about Overlord which is something that I have suggested for the podcast, which is a World War II movie with zombies. Right, That's not right, important, right. which uh, Pilo Aspect is also in. So yeah, this is his third feature-length film that he's directed. What I like about what he did is, he, prov- like I said, he provided perspective. Our perspective, the viewer, is always mm-hmm. in this ghetto, like mm-hmm. this low-income, 
crime ridden. There's a lot of strife, a lot of people that are broke. Like what makes this movie really good is it really touches on a lot of themes that are prevalent in today's society, which is something that Rocky did a lot back yeah. then, yeah. which is like these disenfranchised people, like uh, the mom who gets eviction notices because her check gets deposited on the fifth and rents due on the fourth. And she's like, I tell you this every single day or every single month. My check gets deposited on the 5th, and that's when I'll pay you. And the landlord or the apartment manager or whatever, he's like, hey, it's not personal. It's yeah, it totally is. personal. Do you know why? 100%. Do you know why I know it's personal, buddy? It's because you clicked print. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm in IT. I know exactly how difficult it is for the, for the people who, who aren't watching. I'll just put up T-Rex fingers there. It's, it's not difficult to not print something. So this dude gets a notification from his billing company software, whatever, that Tiffany Cleary, single mom to Sam Cleary, didn't pay her bill. So you know what he's going to do? He's going to print out two different pieces of paper. He's going to get out some tape, because if you noticed, it was taped to the door. Mm -hmm. So he went from wherever he was to their apartment, taped one, then two pieces of paper onto her door. And, if it's not personal... And put the thing on the doorknob. Yeah, if it's not yeah. personal... You see her and you're like, hey, Tiffany, look, it's the fourth. I rent, you know, rent's due today. I know you don't get paid to the fifth. Just get it to me as soon as you can. You know what yeah. I mean? Eh. You just, or hey, give me the check today and I won't cash it till tomorrow so I can march sure. you off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah. work it out with them. It, yeah. And I think that, I think that's something that Avery does, Julius Avery, the director, does really well is he provides perspective for the viewer on that side of life that people tend to ignore. You and I are, I think, particularly fortunate in our circumstances at this oh. point in life. Yeah. Like we own our own home. We're now homes. part of the landed homes. We, we are now we are in separate yeah. homes. Yeah, yeah. We own our we, own home. No, no, as no. As much no, as no, I no. as much as I don't want that. No. We're part of the landed gentry at this point, right? But we have, I, I know you have, and I know I have for sure, struggled mm. paying the bills. Yeah. And so a lot of people tend to like as soon as you get out of that phase or stage of life, a lot of people just tend to forget and just kind of like you know, no, th th that's your problem that you can't pay your bill. You know, well, maybe you shouldn't have done this or maybe you shouldn't have done Start that. Start judging. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's your fault that you're broke, right? And Cyrus even says, like, I think he, when he picks up the notebook and he's flipping through it first when he meets Sam and he's like, so you're a big fan, huh? And he's like, yeah, Samaritan's great. And he's like, to me, he was just another cop that busted people like me, which is yeah. true. Yeah. Like, that's the thing a lot of people don't realize. Like, Batman is a billionaire playboy who gets his kicks beating up desperate people in the night yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm not robbing the bank because it's my hobby right you know like but my uh, hobby is when I, my hobby is when i go them, home yeah. and make like fly fishing lures yeah you know what I'm, i mean i, I like, like to make souffles in my spare time yeah yeah i'm an uh, yeah. i knit yeah but in order to live where i want to live i've got to rob these banks yeah you know and bruce is just coming out here Kicking the crap out of me on my day off, you know, whatever. You know, it's cool. What, yeah. So there's a couple of things there, uh, and I love that you brought it up. There's actually an episode of Batman the Animated Series where it shows a bunch of hench, mm -hmm. like, hanging out at this bar, I guess. And the Joker shows up and says, hey, I need you 10 or whatever for whatever he's about to do. And they can't say no because if they say no... The Joker's just gonna kill him or mutilate him or whatever. And if they say yes, there's a good chance that Batman's gonna like they're stuck in this this weird situation yeah. where they're like, well, we need to work. I don't want to work for this guy. I'd rather do other things. 
But if I don't, like, they, like it's almost, you know. It's a catch-22. Yeah, they're in a huge catch-22, and I thought that was pretty interesting for an animated show. There's a lot of similarities between uh, Cyrus. Did I get his name right? Yeah, Cyrus. Yeah, Not Cyrex, the Mortal Kombat ninja robot. <laughs> I felt like there were a lot of similarities between Cyrus and Garrett, Stephen Amell's character from Code 8. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of co- Code 8-ness in this one, yeah. And any of the characters from Code 8 showed up in this movie, I would have been like, sweet, yeah, that makes total sense, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> But, I mean, there's a lot of similarities between these two movies in general. I mean, you have the younger kid, uh, and, and he's in his 20s in Code sure. 8, but he's got a sick mom. He's like, well, I have to do, I have to have money, I have to get money. So he ends up doing crime, similar to Sam in this movie, doing some some low-end crime. Some small larceny, yeah. So, I mean, he was the distraction. He didn't touch the goods, you know? He would have been fine. Anyways, unlike Robbie Amell's character who, you know, actively partaked in breaking and entering into government property. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is, like, there's that similar desperate feeling. And then you have Steve Amell's character and Cyrus in this film who are, like, they're very similar in that they're recruiting young, disenfranchised youth. And they're selling that whole, like, look, this is the way the world is. People are never going to treat you differently. And in Code 8's because he's different and powered people, like the whole X-Men th- comparison are, um, you know, second, second-rate citizens. And then this one is a little bit more realistic. It's like, yeah, your mother's a sing- single mom, working nurse, which I don't know what she does for a nurse. Like most nurses I know work way longer than the seven-hour shifts. I suspect she's what's, what you would call a certified nurse's assistant or a CNA. And the reason mm-hmm. why I think that is because when I was in high school, there was a certification class that you could take at the school that we went to where you would you would get your CNA license. And yeah. I was dating a girl at the time who told me that she was doing it so she, when she graduated from high school and she went to college, she could get a job. She wanted to become a nurse. But she hated her job because it was mostly cleaning bedpans. And <laughs> yeah, so as I soon bet. as that lady showed up in scrubs and was like, look, man, this is an hour cleaning bedpans. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was like, oh, okay, cool. She's, she's in the lower end of the, the thing. Yeah. yeah. It's the only difference. The big difference is that Garrett, Stephen Mel's character in Code 8, isn't inherently a bad person. Like he is doing what he has to do and he's very realistic it may be wrong in some ways, but in and in this film, the bad guy's a bad guy. Like he shoots yeah, a cop. I didn't, like, I didn't you know. see Garrett shoot a cop in the back. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, he hurt people, but he was definitely I mean, he like might have off screen. But maybe, yeah. Well, they also like conveniently used robots as cops in Code Eight, so oh. they could have that that level of violence. But but I felt a lot of similar themes. Yeah, the one instance in Code Eight where he could have been like evil, evil is when they went to that plant or whatever that had that liquid. And there was a security guard and they were like, mm-hmm. get in this box. And he's like, why? And he's like, come on, man. <laughs> he's like, come on, <laughs> just get in the box. I loved that scene. Like yeah. he just looks at him like, you idiot, get in the box. Yeah, like, what, the are box. You, what are you talking about? Come on, stupid. Give me a radio and get in the box. Man, when is the sequel coming out? Codes 8? I don't know. Code 9? Or what is it called? Co- Code 8 Part 2? Uh, yeah, Code 8 Part 2. What a terrible name. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Don't like that's what you get for putting numbers in your title. Uh, it doesn't have a release date. Nope, no release date. Oh, filming began in November of 2021 with a mail, which I don't know which one, but a mail teasing the possibility <laughs> of a code eight part three. Uh, just yeah, which which Amel? They're both listed <laughs> at the top there. Tell me. I need yeah, to know. I need to know which one it, it makes a huge difference. <laughs> let me let me click one more link here. I mean, it is going to be on Netflix. Netflix bought the rights when they, they bought both rights at the same time. 
Neat. Interesting. Yeah, whenever that comes, we'll definitely be putting that on the pod. I think we both really love that film. It was what, our second film? Fourth film that we reviewed? Second or third. I'm looking it up. I have the official schedule loading on my other screen here. Episode two. Because I think episode three, Don't Tell Me, Don't Tell Me, Don't Tell Me is... I don't remember. Mythica. Ah, I knew it. <laughs> I wanted to say Mythica, but I also wanted to say Angels Fallen. No, Angels Fallen was a bit bit later. Um, well, no, we recorded it at the same time as Mythica. We didn't actually release it until... Yeah, we went Mythica, then after. Angels Fallen, and then... Uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. worth the price of the subscription? I think so. Just based on the surface, if you're just doing the big macro view, you're going to look at this as like, oh, look, Sliced Alone, trying to cling on to whatever fame he has. This is Amazon Prime superhero movie. But I, I think it's more, I, I honestly really do. I think it's more than just that. It's, it's less a superhero movie and more about a movie or more about a film with superpowered characters, which is something that we said about Code 8. Yeah. The whole idea of superhero, like if you click on superhero film on Wikipedia, a superhero film or superhero movie is a film that focuses on the actions of superheroes, period. Superheroes are individuals who possess extraordinary superhuman abilities and are dedicated to protecting the public. It is a not accurate statement for this movie, just like it wasn't an accurate statement for Code 8. No. Like I said, on the surface, I I really think this movie is a lot of fun. I liked the acting. I liked the story that was told. I liked the, the effort from the director of trying to make a movie about a vigilante, which... There's very little like superhero-ness in this movie, if that's even a phrase I can use. <laughs> There's no one in like stupid costumes well, outside of some flashbacks. Sure. It's a movie about a guy who has these extraordinary powers and how he deals and lives yeah. with that and how it affects the people around him. So Yeah, uh, I agree with everything you said. I mean, 100%. I think that it's a fun film and it's totally worth checking out. Do you know what year this film takes place in? Because they have cell phones, but they do not have smartphones. They all have like flip phone looking things. Based on the cars, I. But the problem is, is there's new vehicles in this movie. Like there's yeah. like the the cop cars are like the new Ford Fusions or whatever, or not Ford, like Ford Tauruses or whatever. Right, um, right. I would suspect that this movie should probably take place around 2010, 2011. There's just we didn't see any iPhones because no one's rich enough to have one at that point, and yeah, there's not as well, ubiquitous. I, it, and also, if you dig even deeper, you could probably say that it takes place in 2022 because, like, the benefits of using a non-smartphone is the lack of, like, certain technology. Well, I, I don't even mean, like, the the villains in the show or, the you know, the people who are, like, when Samaritan, <laughs> sorry, when Sylvester Stallone flips that car over and saves that little yeah. girl, everyone pulls out their phones. No one has smartphones. Like, everyone mm-hmm. on the street who got stopped. So it's not even just our poor, lower-class characters it's everyone so it it felt a little like hard to place which is very it's very batman of it yeah where it's like i don't i'm not sure what what this is but okay but yeah you're right the mix mix of old and new cars who knows i liked it and by not showing a smartphone they're able to get away with other technology and do whatever they want i mean besides the, the the only plot hole in the film really is that they were able to steal from a army base and no one came looking for their stuff. Well, they said they said it was an abandoned army base. They said they were like abandoning it and were like bearing munitions, and somebody was sneaking them stuff. I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't rewind it to like to like watch again. It was a bit odd. Well, I think he also said I placed a guy in the EOD unit. 
or something yeah. like that. You don't, you don't, that is not how that works. <laughs> like, like he's, like he's watching space ta- from the- Wait, uh, hold on. Are you telling like, me for a fact, Anthony, that there aren't people who are employed by the United States government that may or may not uh, take things that don't belong to them and sell them to other people? Are, are you telling me that? Are you, are you saying that for I'm a saying fact? that a local gang leader doesn't place <laughs> somebody in a position- in the U.S. military, no, like fair. he gets lucky. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. He's not what's his face from The Departed, you know, <laughs> raising up some kid to be a cop for him. Do you happen to have an idiot of the movie? I mean, is it cliche to say that it's Sylvester Stallone? That it's Joe Smith? Hmm. Is it bad to say that a guy who was once the nemesis mm-hmm. of the greatest vigilante in a city's history? "Quote unquote disappears for twenty five years, but stays in the same place. You're right. Like, why does he live there? You know what I mean. He like, could have gone anywhere. At the end, he's like, I gotta get out of town, and so he's like getting ready to get on a bus or a train, or I, I don't know yeah, what he's yeah. trying to get on or whatever. I feel like if I was gonna fake my death, the last place that I would be is where I was faking my death. Maybe that's me because I've never been in that situation. But they do say that hiding in plain sight is the best way to do it. I guess." Maybe but he just... No, yeah. I would have bailed. Right, like, why does he even live in that city is the biggest plot hole yeah. of the whole thing. You're right. Yeah. I mean, it's like... But, I mean, unfortunately, that doesn't make him an idiot of the movie. It just makes him an idiot. It's either got to be Sam or it's got to be Jace. Jace is being his um, older friend in crime, played by Abraham ah. Scale Clinks or whatever his name is. Clink, Clink Scales. Scales. And the reason why I say that he could be an idiot, he just did business with a bunch of gang members and they told him not to come back and he ended up coming back and almost got beat up. Yeah. So, but it's definitely Sam. It's hard because Sam's 13. He's 13 in the film. He's getting involved with the crime syndicate. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's being, I don't know. It's hard for me to say that the 13-year-old is the idiot of the movie considering that 13-year-olds are just idiots. Fair enough. Um, And that's probably the most accurate, most realistic part of this movie is how the 13-year-old is trying to figure all this out and can't because, you know, he's 13. Personally, I kind of want to say it's Cyrus for donning the mask of a supervillain and inviting all of the chaos and trying to ride that out for his own to his own means <laughs> there's an obvious and vocal subculture or a group of people that believe that the good guy hero is still alive somewhere so that's what you're gonna do you're just gonna be like yeah the guy with super strength and uh, who's immune to bullets who may or may not still be alive i'm gonna goad him out of hiding let's do it <laughs> yeah i'll kill him like who? <laughs> like i mean the, the biggest mistake that cyrus makes is that he kidnapped Sam. That's true. That's the biggest mistake. Had he never kidnapped Sam... But that's what I'm saying. That's what he did. He didn't just kidnap Sam. He kidnapped Sam to go after who he thought was the Samaritan. Like, he literally went to pick a fight with a superhero when he's just some dude. Yeah, but with the hammer that may or may not have killed that superhero. I mean, like... Well, wielded by another super person, so... I will push back on the idea that Cyrus is the idiot of the movie only because, like, that kind of defeats this purpose in the film. (laughs) Well, like... The same reason I I pushed back on Sam being the idiot? Yeah, sure. No, I get it. It's difficult to name one. We don't have to agree, obviously. But if we wanted to agree, I think we can agree that the apartment manager slash landlord is the idiot of the movie. (laughs) Definitely. I think if we have to come on one person, that's it. I don't know if we've retired the bit or not, but <laughs> who is Kelsey Grammer? I've got two candidates for my for my KG. My first candidate is his coworker at 
the garbage company. Okay. The guy who drives the garbage truck with Sly. Well, I mean, because when they're, before they, they're about to, they roll up a dumpster and they're about to put it in the, the truck. Sly's like, hold on a second. And he reaches in and he like pulls the, the radio out. That's going to be a fireable offense, right? I don't know. Like our I, I, garbage people, garbage people sounds like a, like I'm trying to garbage be inclusive. Day. <laughs> trying to be inclusive, but it makes it sound worse. Are garbage men yeah. sanitation allowed to take, workers. sanitation workers allowed to take things from the garbage? I don't know. I mean, also like who'd get caught? I don't know. But if it's not him, it's definitely the the pawn shop owner, and it may just be a coincidence because both of those both of those actors were African American. I'm not trying to get rid of their jobs. I just wow. think that the role the roles themselves, I think, would because the problem is, is he can't be anyone else, in my opinion. He can't be Cyrus because he's too old. He can't be mm-hmm. Samaritan because he's dead. I mean, he could be Samaritan. Oh. Like, or well, could he be? You mean Sylvester Stallone's character at all, though? No, 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 no. I mean, like when he takes the mask off right before we realize who Sylvester Stallone is, his nemesis, like the mask comes off of the other guy. Oh, instead um, of of nemesis, yeah. And, it and so, being, and I, yeah. I think there's just like a, a um, there's still a mask underneath which covers his face. Instead of doing that, it's just KG's face. But like, I don't know anyone else who he could be. I got it for you. Are you ready? Is it the apartment manager? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is now. No. Third act reveal, Cyrus is working for no. some other person. Mm. Walks out, and it's <laughs> Kelsey Grammer as Samaritan, or Nemesis, like one of the superhero people this whole time. I think, And he, the Samaritan think. lived, but he's got, like, got a cane, right? Like he's permanently messed up, and he's like, I don't know, come to realize that everything's crud, and he's disenfranchised, Maybe. and the whole flip-flop. Yeah, K- KG doesn't really fit in this film. Yeah. No, I was going to say, like, it, it had to be, a, it, it would have to be a cameo. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, him as the news pawn anchor. shop owner. Yeah. Or, yeah, News Acre's great. Yeah. Yeah. So. Or as the landlord. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Next week, we'll be talking about Lower Decks, season three, episodes two through four. Kind of doing, doing in batches here. We've already discussed episode one. You can go back and check that out. That is episode number 130. Big strong podcast, <laughs> which I really think we should just change our podcast name to that. <laughs> Do another name change. Why not? Yeah, yeah why the heck not? Uh, so that that'll be coming next week. Uh, so if y'all haven't been watching Lower Decks, which I have no idea why you wouldn't be, you have a little bit of time to catch up. If you have suggestions for other things we should watch, send them our way. Sci-fi wise guys at gmail dot com. If as long as it's straight to stream or straight to DVD style and it's vaguely science fiction, we will watch it. You can also hit us up on social media or on Twitter and Instagram at Sci-Fi Wise Guys. You can DM us or add us. It doesn't matter. We will reply. Stay healthy. Stay hydrated. And if um, if you're a landlord, man, just cut your tenants some slack, man. Jeez. Yeah. The mortgage on the property isn't late on the 5th. Don't know why... You got you like gotta 15 be like, days. Yeah, you got a lot. Of, you got a lot of leeway. Maybe even more in a commercial yeah. lease like that. Is it a commercial mortgage? If you're owning an apartment building, that's it's not. It's residential, like the coding. But the type of deal you get with the bank to buy the property, I imagine, is closer to a commercial deal than it is. Where now we're in the weeds. You thought a mortgage the- <laughs> is a type of loan used to purchase or maintain a home, land, or other types of real estate. So the answer could yeah, be yes. It could be yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.
right. Oh, I have loot. I have prime loot. <sighs> yeah. Oh, look, a League of Legends skin. Good, good. 